0: Chapter 10 Pleading a Case To the far east of the church, Miko paces back and forth within her trailer domicile with ardent frustration as she attempts to wrap her mind around the circumstances of her current situation. Her loose-hanging, dark brown-colored hair bounces unrestrained atop her thin shoulders as she whirls her head from side to side with indignation and resentment emanating from the pit of her stomach. Observing from his perch on the living room couch, Casper, the loyal and protective Siberian husky, watches her stride back and forth over and over with a very human-like expression of curious fascination etched upon his canine face. Her diminutive, slender frame casts a tall, narrow shadow against the kitchen wall as she ambles across the domicile with anxious fervor. All she can think about is how helpless she felt during the confrontation in the church as she watched the Reckoners take her friend into custody by force. She's aware of the contemptuous smile that creeps over her face as she replays the incident in her mind and visualizes the valiant effort Fonte put up against the three Reckoners by himself. It was a situation that had escalated quickly out of nowhere, and since Fonte was outnumbered three to one, it wasn't a very long skirmish. But once again, Miko finds herself impressed with the young man's tenacity for determination. Evidently, growing up as an army brat with a colonel as a father had taught him a thing or two about duking it out. Miko's incessant pacing continues for several more minutes until her anger and acrimony slowly ebbs away long enough for her to collect her thoughts and assess her options. So far, all she knew for sure was that Fonte had been detained and whisked away somewhere surreptitious against his will while she was placed under house arrest for her own protection when she attempted to persuade and coax the Reckoner named Vincent to disclose any information pertaining to Fonte's capture, the only thing the Reckoner would tell her is that he had been taken to receive revelation and that she should pray for him. She had no idea what that was supposed to mean, but she was pretty sure whatever revelations Vincent believed Fonte was supposed to be receiving, they probably weren't going to be revelations he'd like. Now tired of pacing back and forth, she comes to sit down on the old tattered couch next to Casper and starts plotting her next course of action with careful consideration. With escape from New Eden as her main objective, Miko quietly contemplates the steps that need to be taken first as she leans close to the Siberian Husky and strokes his head absentmindedly. After a few moments of mental deliberation with herself, Miko quickly decides that one of the first things on her list of priorities should be to find out where the Reckoners took Fonte. Once she knows where he is, she can figure out how to bust him out. But before she can do that, she knows that she'll have to find a way to either get their guns back or get some new ones. Not only that, she'll also have to commandeer a vehicle that can be used to abscond from New Eden when the two of them finally make a run for it. It's a tall order for success, but she believes it can still be done if she plays the cards that she's been dealt just right. As she continues thinking about how to move forward with her plans, Miko finds herself starting to realize what it is about the whole situation that makes her upset. Sure, she was upset that her and her traveling companion were being held prisoner by some religious fanatics out in the middle of nowhere, but she was more upset at the fact that she had been unable to do anything to prevent it all from happening. She hadn't been able to de-escalate the situation before it came to a full-out brawl. She was unable to render any assistance during the melee for fear of meeting the same fate as Fante, which would do neither of them any good, and the fact that she had played it smart and given herself a chance to live and fight another day only lessened the burden of guilt she felt slightly. It did nothing to soothe her feelings of anger and animosity that she finds herself currently experiencing, though. From beside her on the couch... Casper suddenly begins uttering a low, menacing growl as he catches a glimpse of Vincent walking by the front window of the trailer. Miko can feel the dog's soft, bristled fur tighten as the muscles beneath his skin anxiously tense up. Instantly, instincts of protection flare up in the dog's mind as he senses a bad vibe emanating from the Reckoner, so he keeps his eyes locked on the man and doesn't relax until he passes from view. Yeah, I don't like him either, boy, but don't worry. Him and his posse of psychos are going to get what's coming to them, I promise you that. We just have to figure out how to find Fonte first, Miko says with a bitterly petulant scowl. But this was something she knew would be easier said than done since she was being confined to her trailer until further notice. In order to locate and rescue Fonte, again, she must find a way to liberate herself from captivity first. But how? This is the one question her mind keeps coming back to every time she tries to brainstorm a plausible plan for escape. After a few more moments of meticulous mental contemplation, Miko quickly concludes that any path to freedom she chooses will swiftly arrive at a dead end and that she could get the preacher and his recorders to believe that she's willing to commit herself to New Eden permanently. For her to pull that off, she knows that she needs to earn their trust first and she decides that the best way of doing that is to make herself valuable to the community somehow. Knowing theatrical subterfuge is one of the only weapons she has at her disposal for the time being, she's suddenly inspired with a duplicitous strategy that will put her in a position to make the moves needed to achieve her goals. Now with a good understanding of how she wants to proceed constituted in her mind, she gets up off the couch with Casper following in tow, puts on her game face, and heads toward the front door. Gathering all the calm composure that she can generate, she takes a deep breath, opens the door, and steps outside onto the front porch of the trailer. From his post on the perimeter of the yard, Vincent instantly becomes aware of Miko's presence and whirls his body around to face her as he pulls a can of pepper spray from a small pouch attached to his belt. This causes Miko to promptly freeze in place on the porch with an expression of mild alarm displayed on her face. Whoa there, no need to get trigger-happy with your pepper spray, honey. I promise I didn't come out here looking for any problems. Miko says with a gentle, of voice, Vincent pauses for a moment and makes no move to approach her, but he doesn't put the pepper spray away either. Looking her over while he assesses the situation, Vincent casually observes the tight red-colored spaghetti-strap halter top that clings to and boosts up Miko's cleavage as his eyes slide down her athletically fit body to her high-cut, black-colored shorts that show off her willowy legs. Under different circumstances, Vincent can imagine himself being very attracted to this young woman, but those thoughts are immediately pushed from his mind as he returns his focus to the job that he was assigned to complete. Good, because if you did come looking for a problem, I'd be right here with a solution for you, he says dryly as he quickly shows her the can of pepper spray in his right hand. So how can I help you? Well... Obviously, it would be nice if you would just let me go, but since I know that's not going to happen anytime soon, I was wondering if I could request an audience with Father Francis. I have a confession I want to make, Miko says with a coy grin as she tilts her head to the side and brushes a length of her bouncy brown hair from her face. Still, with his brown eyes locked on her position atop the trailer's porch, Vincent considers her reply for a few moments before responding. The preacher's a very busy man, and I doubt there's anything you have to confess that's worth him coming all the way out here to waste his time for, he says with a derisive sneer as he folds his arms across his chest. Ignoring the condescension in his response, Miko keeps pressing the issue in hopes of swaying the reckoner into seeing the merit of her request. What other choice does she have? Even though she understands her goal is a difficult one, she also understands that just because something isn't easily accomplished, that doesn't mean you should give up trying to achieve it so she pushes harder. Look, I know you're just trying to do your job, but I really need to talk to the preacher. I think my confession will help clear up any misunderstandings he has so he can put his mind at ease. She says with a disarmingly cute smile that she hopes will make him more receptive to what she's saying. After a few moments of mulling over her request, Vincent responds. Okay, I'll see what I can do he says with less condescension now, but still a hint of contempt as he finally puts the pepper spray back into the pouch on his belt. But no promises. Like I said, the preacher's a very busy man. It's not easy running a town, you know. Oh my God, thank you so much. You are a lifesaver, Miko says with genuine glee. And to be honest, it doesn't even have to be the preacher who comes to meet with me if he's that busy. It just needs to be somebody who has the authority to negotiate this situation I'm in. I'll talk to any of the caretakers around here. Like I said, I'll see what I can do. But for now, I'm going to have to ask you to go back inside your trailer and sit tight. If anyone's available to come speak with you, I'll let you know. But until then, please remain indoors. He says with a tone of dry authority that makes Miko's blood boil with internal rage that she's careful to not let show on her face. Now forced to resign herself to the reality of her situation again, Miko solemnly nods her head, then turns away and returns to her trailer with Casper behind her as Vincent goes back to his guard duties outside. Once they're back inside the trailer, Miko can't help but crack a smile as Casper looks up at her with a very human expression of befuddlement. Don't worry, boy, we'll get it figured out. That could have gone a lot worse than it did, so that's one thing on the bright side. Now we just have to wait and see. And wait to see, they did. Without much to do in the trailer, Miko does her best to occupy her time while she waits out her request. Since there were a few books and magazines in the trailer, she's able to keep her mind busy for a little while by simply perusing through their pages and delving into the content. But after an hour or two, this quickly loses its entertainment value, so she ends up just laying on the couch and losing herself in thought. Thoughts of finding a way out of this place— Thoughts of the so-called rapture that caused everyone to vanish and create this crazy situation in the first place. And thoughts of her father all flood her mind like a tsunami. It was the thoughts of her father that kept her mind occupied the most surprisingly. With everything that's happened, she hadn't had a lot of downtime to think about her father after his death since she'd always been on the run. Utterly consumed by the need to survive, she had hardly found any time to grieve her loss as she stayed on the move constantly, living in fear of this terrible, horrible new world. But now, with the recent turn of events that has afflicted her situation, she suddenly finds herself dealing with all these feelings as everything catches up to her all at once. It wouldn't be until almost dusk when Vincent was delivering her dinner, which was roasted chicken, cornbread, green beans, a baked potato, and a salad with all the trimmings, that Miko finally received the visit she had been hoping and waiting for all day. When the sudden knock on the door finally comes, it startles Miko out of her trance of deep contemplation as Casper begins barking profusely in alarm. Rousing herself up off the couch and heading to the door, Miko sneaks a peek out the window to see who's knocking and smirks to herself with satisfaction. It wasn't the preacher, but to her it was the next best thing and maybe even better on some level. So she quickly opens the door and blurts out a greeting. Thank you so much for coming, Rose. I can't even begin to tell you how much I appreciate it, Miko says with sincere gratitude as she smiles pleasantly and gestures for Rose to enter. Please come in and make yourself at home, since it's technically your home anyway, she adds with an amused chuckle. No, thank you, Rose replies with an even edge to her voice that speaks in volumes of wariness. After today's incident, I prefer to stay outside where Vincent can keep an eye on the situation, just in case this is some sort of ploy to take hostages in an attempt to escape or something crazy like that. Already expecting some sort of retort along these lines, Miko takes the comment in stride and plays off it as she flips the narrative with her response. That's fair, I guess, even though it wasn't me or Fronte that started that incident, Your people were the ones who assaulted him for trying to leave a place he never asked to be brought to in the first place. So am I to believe you would have preferred the Reckoners left you to die in the city instead of saving you from the Ravagers? Rose asked with heavy incredulity, lacing the syllables of each word that she spoke. I'm not saying that at all. Personally, I'm eternally grateful for your Reckoners and what they did. I'm just pointing out that this incident is merely the result of an unfortunate misunderstanding that can't be blamed on me especially since I never said that I agreed with Fonte's decision to leave to begin with. He's the one who said this place was a prison, not me, Miko says loud enough for her words to become audible to others who are passing by in the area. Suddenly, noticing that several residents in their direct proximity were starting to gawk in their direction as the two of them conversed, Rose decides that it might be prudent to take the conversation indoors after all. Okay, point taken. Now that we've made that established, Maybe we should continue this discussion in private as you originally suggested, Rose says pompously as she tries to belittle Miko's position in the situation. But I can't stay for very long. I must get back to the church for tonight's special congregation, and there are still a few preparations that need to be made. Inwardly, Miko feels her soul tremble with laughter as she recognizes the preacher's wife is flustered by the awkward position that she now finds herself in. The impulse to laugh out loud on Rose's face is so strong that she must willfully suppress it with conscious effort to keep from doing so. Casper, who's finally stopped barking, just tilts his head to the side with an expression that says, ''Get over yourself, lady,'' as he looks back and forth between the two women in the doorway with disinterest. ''Oh, by all means, please do come in. Hopefully it won't take long for us to come to an understanding and you can get back to business as usual.'' Miko says with a wry smile that masks a tone that's tainted with impertinence. Concealing her annoyance beneath a veneer of calm authority, Rose simply inclines her head in acknowledgement as she signals for Vincent to come stand guard at the door before she timidly steps inside the trailer. Once inside, Miko obliges her guests by leaving the door slightly ajar to project a sense of security so Rose will feel comfortable enough to receive her words without trepidation. Everything she's planning regarding her mission to find Fonte and escape New Eden hindered on her getting her point across here and now, so once the two of them are secluded in the living room of the trailer, she wastes zero time pleading her case. Okay, I know you're a busy woman, so allow me to just get straight to the point. I asked you here because I have a confession to make. This is a confession I do not make lightly, but after a lot of careful thought and consideration, I feel like it's a confession that I stand behind with all my heart and soul. Miko says with somber sincerity as she continues. With everyone disappearing in the thin air and the world spiraling into chaos more and more with each day that passes, I've come to the conclusion that New Eden is the safest place for me at this point. And since it's been made clear to me that I couldn't leave even if I wanted to, which I don't, just to be clear, I've decided that I'd like to go forward by dedicating myself to the community I would like to now call my home. With her eyes locked on Miko's as she speaks, Rose listens attentively and mulls over the young woman's words with cautious consideration. She wants to believe her. She wants to trust her. But for some reason, there's still a huge part of her that remains skeptical to what she's hearing. Sure, it was plausible what Miko was saying was sincere and forthright, but it was also very plausible that everything she was articulating was a lie as well. That all sounds good, and I admit it would be wonderfully delightful if true, but tell me, why should I trust you? How am I supposed to know this isn't some insidious ruse contrived to cause disharmony within this sanctuary of peace? Well, the way I see it, you don't have to trust me. Trust in the fact that I have no other options. Either I go the same route as Fonte and end up locked away somewhere, or I get with the program and accept the situation for what it is. For me, it's simple math, she responds without breaking Rose's gaze at all. Besides, We both know you don't want to waste long-term manpower just to keep me confined, so why not just give me a chance to prove myself? With you and your husband's blessing, there's no doubt I can make myself a valued member of this community. All I ask is that you allow me to see Fonte and give me a chance to convince him to see New Eden the same way that I do. The last sentence of Miko's statement elicits an immediate shake of the head from Rose as she terminates the idea of granting Fonte any sort of visitation with swift decisiveness. Sorry, There are no visits permitted for those who are receiving revelations. It's a very delicate undertaking that must be shielded from interruption, she says with implacability. If you won't let me visit him, then at least do me the courtesy of telling me what the hell receiving revelations even means. I'm willing to cooperate and do whatever it is you and your husband expect of me, but you're going to have to level with me on this in some way. I don't want to cause trouble, but I will if a lack of a compromise puts me in that position. Again, using cautious consideration as she contemplates Miko's statements, Rose decides that there's little harm in elaborating on the customs and traditions of New Eden. In truth, the knowledge of what receiving revelations means can easily be acquired from the residents of the community anyway, so Rose sees no reason to deny her a simple explanation. Receiving revelations is a rigorous learning process by which a lost soul is shown the error of their ways through the word of God. It's a process that's completed in solitude and cannot be interrupted once it has begun due to the high intensity of the experience, Rose says with a less haughty tone of voice. Um, can you explain what that means in layman's terms? Because to me it sounded like you were explaining a religious rite of some sort that could possibly involve cruel and unusual punishment, Miko responds questioningly. Torture? Oh, heavens no, my dear. It's nothing of the sort. Inflicting suffering and agony in the way you are insinuating will surely condemn us all to hell. So please, rest assured that we, as a people of great faith, would never engage in such malicious practices. Receiving revelation is much closer to an extended and glorified version of Bible study than it would ever be to torture, Rose says with a sardonic smirk as she waves a hand through the air dismissively. So it's not torture— It's indoctrination to the point of brainwashing. Got it, Miko says with derision as she shakes her head with moral disbelief. So how long does it take for someone to receive a revelation? Well, that depends entirely on whomever has been chosen to undergo the process. It could take a day or it could take a month, Rose replies with deliberate iciness in her voice. Miko must make a conscious effort to keep her jaw from hitting the ground with absolute bafflement as she tries to wrap her mind around Rose's response. You're joking, right? This only draws an expression of clear impatience from Rose as she makes her reply immediately. This is probably a good time for me to say that the tone you're taking isn't going a long way toward persuading me to sway my support of your confinement. You say you can provide value to this community? If that's so, then I would prefer we focus on that since determining your value is the only reason I decided to meet with you today, Rose says with civil curtness. Understanding this was a crucial part of the conversation that would determine the outcome of her immediate situation, Miko decides to abandon her push for visitation with Fonte and focuses on trying to steer the conversation back in her favor. Well, since you ask, there are plenty of ways I can provide value here. Before the world became one big ghost town, I was on my way to to becoming a registered nurse. I know you guys have an infirmary with plenty of orderlies already, but I'm sure that you're also short-staffed on people with actual medical training to help those orderlies. So the way I see it, if you let me, I could definitely help to improve the level of medical care received by the residents here at New Eden, which should be enough of a contribution to the community that you understand my commitment is real, Miko says with confident certainty. To this, Rose seems unmoved as she restrains herself from expressing an eye roll of exasperation beyond all comprehension. I'm sorry, this is in no way intended to sound as callous as it does, but if you think that training to be a nurse before the rapture is supposed to convince me of your value to this community, then perhaps your friend Fonte is not the only one who needs revelations." Feeling the cold, icy edge of Rose's words cut into her with brutal viciousness despite her calm demeanor, Miko does her best to keep her emotions under control as she continues her appeal for citizenship. Well, don't get me wrong, I could do way more than that for sure. For one, I bet I can cook better than anybody you have in the commissary hall right now, so let's be clear about that. I bet I can also provide intel on potential sources of vital supplies and assets that I was scouting out before I ended up here, too. Plus, I know how to hunt forage and fight with the best of them, Miko says with unswavering honesty as she smirks with deliberate hubris and continues speaking. But if all that isn't enough to prove to you that I'm fully capable of contributing to the advancement of New Eden, you might be pleased to know that I was definitely the most active kid in my church Sunday school class as well. So if there's no value in that, then I guess you and your husband aren't the true followers of faith that you claim to be. She finishes with a tone of distaste that hangs in the air. Rose pauses as she contemplates Miko's reply once more. After a few moments of pondering go by, she responds with a curious expression that's easily readable on her wrinkled and elegantly slender face. What kind of supplies could you possibly offer to us that could be of use? As you can see, we're very self-sufficient in much that we do, and we're quite capable of obtaining our own supplies as well. So as you can imagine, telling us where to find a bunch of canned goods or batteries for flashlights really isn't going to cut it. Miko simply grins with delighted smugness as she folds her arms in front of her bosom and immediately responds. Well, for instance, before I met Fontaine, ended up downtown surrounded by crazies, Uh, I mean ravagers. I was planning on scouting out a military substation just south of the city to see if there was anything of use there. To me, the chance of finding military-grade equipment like assault rifles, explosive, and who knows, maybe even a tank, was worth making a trip out there. But as you can see, I never got around to it. Miko is careful to say this with a special emphasis on the substation being south of the city as she tries to bait Rose into unknowingly giving up a hint about New Eden's location. To this, Rose naively obliges. Hmm, that's indeed something we might be interested in, and with it being located toward the city's south end, it should be within reasonable distance to check out if we haven't already come across it ourselves over the years she says with genuine interest as she thinks of the possible implications of finding a military arsenal that they could use to replenish their own dwindling armory. With her interest piqued now, Rose continues her probe into Miko's possible usefulness. Is this the only intel you have to offer? She asks with cool indifference lacing the undertones of her voice. Believe me, This treat has a ton of fruit on it, but I'm not foolish enough to give it away for nothing. The intel I just gave you is meant to be a gesture of goodwill on my part to show that I can be trusted and a valuable member of this community. If you want more, we're going to have to find a compromise on the circumstances of this new arrangement we find ourselves in. Miko says with an expression of seriousness stamped on her youthful, olive-colored face. Despite my instincts telling me I shouldn't trust you, I want to believe it will benefit all parties involved if we're able to reach some sort of understanding. So in the spirit of building a bridge of acceptance between us, I'll give your proposal some thought and discuss it with my husband. I can't make any promises, but as long as you're making efforts to cooperate with our doctrines, I'm sure we'll be able to find some way to accommodate everyone on both sides of this. Rose says with the icy edge of her voice, much duller now. Miko decides now isn't the best time to continue pressing her luck with any more snarky comments, even though she could feel half a dozen of them on the edge of her tongue. She wants to lunge at the woman and strangle her for keeping her hair locked up, but since she knows that course of action will get her nowhere, she stifles the desire and elects to take Rose's response as a win for her cause. She may not have gotten everything she wanted, but she managed to get Rose at least to consider her request to become a resident, and that was a small but very crucial step in the right direction as far as she was concerned. Thank you so much, Rose. I know neither of us really trust each other, and I know this whole situation has put you and your husband in a tough position, so I appreciate that you're willing to even consider what I'm asking. I'm not here to start problems or cause trouble, so I'll do whatever you guys ask me to do, and I'll cooperate with any doctrines that you choose. Just give me a chance. That's all I'm asking, Miko says with the best voice of endearment she can summon under the circumstances. She wasn't sure if she was as convincing as it sounded to her, but she supposed it didn't matter since the conversation was out of close now. We shall see, Rose responds with a complimentary smile as she makes her way back toward the door. Just put your faith in the Lord and everything will work out for the best, I'm sure. With that said, Rose exits the trailer with a quick wave and another hollow smile. Returning the smile with mock flattery as the preacher's wife departs, Mika waits until the door is completely shut before dropping her facade of phoniness with an exasperated groan. Even Casper utters a slight sigh to himself as he casually strides back to the couch and hops atop the seat closest to the door. I don't know why you're laying down. I'm the one that had to deal with the old hag, Miko says to her canine companion as she throws a snobby smirk in his direction and starts walking towards the bathroom for a shower. As if to confirm his exhaustion with the situation, Casper offers a simple yawn in response and goes right back to laying down. Miko just shakes her head and laughs.